Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We got some big talk about Big D coming up in just one minute. What's going on in Dallas? Good Wednesday morning. And what a Tuesday night it was, one melding into the other. Just to recap real quick before we dive head into the NFL. In the last week, you may have heard the greatest golfer maybe ever endorsed President Trump. Maybe the greatest basketball player ever endorsed Joe Biden. But the Golden Bear Jack Nicklaus and the King LeBron James, not to mention me, you, Key J, and everybody in the world, waiting to see who will win the 2020 presidential election. Key, you always like to ask, so what you do last night? Uh, I think we pretty much <laughs> you all sound like me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Key, what did you do last evening? Nothing. I, I'm in Bristol, Connecticut. We all are. Well, yeah, actually, we all <laughs> are. I was going to say, I'm in Bristol, Connecticut because I drove up yesterday because we had to come up here to do our show this morning um, because they wanted to test out the studio. Mm. And so, you know, I'm here and I just basically uh, stayed at the hotel and. That was it, really. Nothing nothing special. A little television, a little election, and that was pretty much it. Jay, no it, sports last night to watch. No sports last night. Stood in line for an hour and a half to vote. After I voted, I then came back because I had multiple people come up to me without a mask and want to talk about sports. Um, and poured a big glass of Yamasaki 18. And just kind of watch, watch the election on multiple networks as if I was watching Sunday NFL football. Okay. That's what I did. We'll wait to see what happens with the election. But speaking of the NFL, we got week number nine of the season getting underway tomorrow. Packers 49ers, a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Right now, the Cowboys need a telescope to see the <laughs> NFC Championship game. A reminder, this team hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 25 years. They started with Dak Prescott, lost Andy Dalton, had to go to Ben DiNucci. Didn't work out well, as you heard at the top of the program, against the Philadelphia Eagles in his debut with the world watching on Sunday night football. They'll get the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Football's only undefeated team. Jay Willer won't early. I got a great mm. betting stat for you and just a second. But Jerry Jones, as you might expect, what do you think about Ben DiNucci? He said this on Shannon RJ 105.3, the fan in Dallas. I mean, what do you expect when a guy goes from the CAA, that would be the Colonial Athletic Association, the CAA to the NFL from James Madison University to America's team? Well, I think uh, that that it was a lot for him. I think we uh, uh, certainly, as a team, paid the price uh, to uh, have him come in and, and uh, under those circumstances. And, uh, th- and that's almost right. Uh, it was, uh, frankly, uh, more than he could handle. I don't know uh, what you could have expected for somebody to come in under those circumstances. Again, two picks, four sacks. Jay, here's the stat. Key will get your thoughts. The Cowboys are a 13-and-a-half-point underdog at home to the Steelers. No surprise there. The league's only undefeated team. They are rolling. Listen to this. This is only the second time in the Super Bowl era, for context, Super Bowl 55 will be paid in February. Super Bowl 55. It's only the second time in the Super Bowl era. Dallas has been a double-digit home underdog. They were a 14-and-a-half-point dog to the Niners in 19. 19- 89, the first year Jerry bought the team. So let me say this, Key. Uh, His comments, it was frankly more than he could handle. I don't know what you could have expected for somebody to come in under these circumstances. Here's what I expected. I expected Dallas not to embarrass themselves. That should be the bar for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. 
Do not embarrass yourselves. Look, the, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott struggling. Their defense leaks like a sieve. <laughs> Even against the hapless Eagles, that's the point. And now he faces a competent team, and the Steelers team, who is seven and zero. You're talking about bringing in two guys who have a combined snaps of nine career NFL passes. Nine career NFL passes. That's what you're going to do. So, look, just don't embarrass yourselves if you're the Cowboys. As a Cowboys fan, that's all you can ask. Well, look, here's what I would say. When you get down to the third quarterback, you don't have a fighting chance anyway. Exactly. I mean, it's pretty much over with. When when you start to play your third quarterback in a National Football League, your days are numbered as a team and an organization for that season. I think when you look at it, they had a chance to address the quarterback issue if they felt that that was necessary. Then they thought Andy Dalton would be back. He he you know he figured okay concussion protocol he'll miss some time he'll be back. Ben DiNucci will be able to come in and kind of just ride the ship for at least a week, and then now you have uh, the COVID situation that's come up now with Andy Dalton where he's now placed in the COVID IR so. You don't have anything else to do with it. You go on the streets and pick up a quarterback. You might as well play the guys that you have because they're the ones who know the system. They're the ones who were with you doing training camp throughout the regular season. Now you bring in somebody else. They gotta you gotta retrain their brain all over again to get them to understand the system. You're in the same place that you were before you brought them in. What's interesting is Jay mentioned the two guys, Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush, who have those nine combined passes. Let's remember Garrett Gilbert is 29 years old. So if you've been scuffling for this long, trying to make a squad nearing the age of 30, (laughs) as Key says, it tells you where you are. He did play collegiately at Texas and then transferred to Southern Methodist. So the Cowboys regional scouts at least like something about him because they put their eyes on him. But Jay, on the other side of the coin... Not all backups are created equal. Last year, when Ben Roethlisberger had the arm injury, Mike Tomlin had to go with Duck Hodges, and he had to go with Mason Rudolph. Not exactly Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush, but certainly a little bit better with regards to experience. Rudolph has started numerous games. And you might recall with those two guys who elicited confidence in absolutely nobody, Hmm. they went to the final Sunday of the regular season. They needed a little bit of help. But if they would have won and gotten help, they got one scenario, didn't get the other, they would have made the postseason. And if there were seven teams last year, like they're going to be this year, they would have made the playoffs with those two dudes. So sometimes it's the dudes you have, but Tomlin clearly was able to coach up those guys, and they aren't exactly guys that are fighting for spots on other rosters. Yeah, but the Steelers from last year and the Cowboys from this year are two completely different teams. I mean, the Steelers... Yes, Mason Rudolph and company were somewhat serviceable, but they won based upon their defense. You look at the Cowboys, I mean, look, they, they, we, we've been having discussions from the beginning of the season about their defense, whether Mike Nolan should actually be head of the D.C. or not. I mean, defensive coordinator. Like, their defense is atrocious. So if your defense is atrocious, you've lost your quarterback who's the heart and soul of your team. You've then lost your backup quarterback. Now you're on to third stringers, and you got Danucci out there still getting his head knocked off. We can't compare them to the Steelers of last year. Can't no, it's a different, different situation. Different head coach, Mike Thomas, top four head coach in the National Football League. So when you look at it. Ooh, a little jab at Mike McCarthy there. No, it's not a jab. It's facts. The factual. Better personnel, though, too, defensively. It, it's They're a better football team. <clears throat> so what you see from Pittsburgh, you will not see from Dallas, period. Agreed. Fair enough. So we'll see what happens again. Those two meeting, those two meeting Sunday the Pittsburgh Steelers trying to remain the NFL's only unbeaten team. We will see what happens. I think they're safe. 
this week? Undefeated? No, I think they're safe. Don't worry about them. They'll be 8-0. But Questions, they are number they two. Cover? They're number two on Key's real rankings, correct? Key? I don't remember. I you, when did we do that? We did it yesterday. Yesterday. I don't remember. <laughs> I, think you had, I think you had the Chiefs number one, which they should be. I'm just asking. I don't know. I don't remember. People should go look it up. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts if you want to do it the hard way. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests this morning will join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And we want to remind you to be a part of the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football's back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Still to come, the night the Packers didn't draft a wide receiver Uh. and picked Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers went off. The day of the deadline, when the Packers didn't add a wide receiver, Aaron Rodgers... Went off. You'll hear it next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And those were the voices of our Mike Greenberg, who, of course, you can hear on Greeny every weekday afternoon, noon to 2 Eastern on ESPN News, ESPN Radio, soon to be moving to ESPN Plus. And obviously there at the end, you may have also heard another voice that gave Greeny some clarity. That was ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano. So let's sort of run through everything that happened. You might recall the NFL trade deadline was over yesterday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Our Adam Schefter actually reported you might have wanted to get trades done late last week because everybody's got to go through COVID testing protocol. You want to acquire a guy that can help and play for you right away. So here's sort of the timeline as we get into Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. But it's not that straight. It's actually a little complicated. There's a bunch of things going on. Let's start with our ESPN NFL insider, Diana Russini. She reported Green Bay discussed trading for the Texans' Will Fuller. Mm -hmm. However, there was a disagreement in Green Bay at the highest levels of the Packer organization over whether or not adding an elite receiver in the short term 
would be worth the spend. You got to remember, Green Bay has been banged up at the wide receiver position all season long, and Aaron Rodgers has been begging for help at that position the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers has not been holding back his thoughts since the selection of Jordan Love, so he essentially said this. He wanted to have a little plausible deniability. Quote, Rodgers, I'm not going to get into those conversations. Again, I'm just going to reiterate what I said and continue to say that I clearly understand my role and my place on this team. And that's my focus, taking the politically correct stance, which is an apropos point on this Wednesday morning for sure. Back to Dan Graziano, who said the Packers have a plan, and that plan doesn't include trading for guys at the deadline. They run their organization a certain way. It is draft and develop. It is very unusual. I mean, look, the free agency they did a couple of years ago, bringing in uh, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos, I mean, that was a really unusual flurry of free agent activity for a team that is almost always uh, composed of players that it drafted. There was a study done a couple of years ago, like the most uh, players or the fewest players on a roster that they have ever played for a different organization. And the Packers were far and away had the fewest. It was like one or two. So that's how they like to do it. That's not really a surprise. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Key, of course, you've been following the NFL for decades. That was the exact plan under their old great GM, Ron Wolf and the plan under this current guy, Brian Gutenkust, who is their general manager at this particular point. They make their hay in April. They don't make it at the trade deadline in the fall. It's always been the case, and Graz just backed it up. No, it, it's Ron, you mentioned Ron Wolf. I was going to actually get into that. If you go all the way back to Ron Wolf, yeah, they brought in Reggie White in free agency, but that was to establish the Green Bay Packers as an uh, organization that was real and wanted to win championships, and that was then. I think when you look at it, though, and you talk about getting Aaron Rodgers' help, they didn't do it in the draft last year, Z, because they felt that they had some young receivers that they were developing that they got either through free agency, undrafted free agency, or through the draft and and draft capital. So when you look at them going out and getting Will Fuller, which is having a – Will Fuller's playing okay, decent, so far halfway mark to 1,000 in seven games. I think when you look at him, he's got five touchdowns on the season. But what – was Texas uh, the Texans asking for? What was the price? You know, you, you you figure it had to be high for them to move on. And I think when you're looking at where they're at as an organization, Will Fuller wouldn't put them over the top to get to a championship. He's not that type of wide receiver. If you're talking about an alpha dog that they would have to go out there and get, mind you, he's a rental. This is not the NBA. This is the NFL. When you decide to bring a guy in and give up, let's call it a second-round pick for Will Fuller, Okay, you're now getting a guy on an expiring contract at the end, and he wants to get new money. So now you extend him new money. You have another wide receiver who's been there that you drafted in the second round, Devontae Adams, who certainly needs to be paid in the top-tier wide receivers in the National Football League. So if you're giving Will Fuller, 13, 14, 15, 16 million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, what you think Devontae Adams is going to need seven months later? Mm-hmm. So you got to factor all those into it when you're making a decision like this for a player that you think could help you, but ultimately, does he push you over the top? Is that what you're missing to get to the Super Bowl? Or are you missing an elite wide receiver, even though you have? Devontae Adams, or are you just missing the guys like Lazar who got hurt? I just vehemently disagree with you, Key. 
the number here that I think is very important that everybody's missing out on is 36. Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. He's playing at an MVP caliber level right now. How long does that window stay open for him? It doesn't feel like the front office is setting up Aaron Rodgers for championship success. Now, they have issues on the defensive side of the ball. I understand that. I watched the Vikings game. I saw Dalvin Cook run for four touchdowns. I saw the Vikings only throw for 14 passes. I hear all that. But at the end of the day, if Devontae Adams is the main target, I do whatever I need to do to surround him with as many pieces as possible, even if it is short-term thinking, in order for him to win a Super Bowl. I'd much rather have the problem on the back end saying, how do we figure all this out after we're hosting the Lombardi Trophy? So you take Will Fuller, for instance, and you give up a second-round pick for Will Fuller, a guy with a history of injuries. But, Key, you sat sat here and told me about how good Will Fuller was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but not for a second-round pick. A guy with a history of injuries, you're now going to bring him in not really knowing if he can stay healthy on top of he's going to want a new contract for six months, or not even six months, two and a half months of service, hoping that he's the guy that gets you over the top to get to an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl. A rental and, player. And if he doesn't get there, you've now given up, you surrendered a second-round pick. Second-round picks are Pro Bowl, borderline, long-term, valuable pieces. This is, again, you don't just give that away. You don't so, give that away. So here are some of the second-round picks that they have had over the last couple of years. Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings. So I hear your point to a degree. All drafted by them. I hear you. Developed by them. Long-term thinking. How much long-term thinking can you have with a quarterback who's 36, about to turn 37 years old? How much longer can he play at an MVP caliber level? He ain't showing no signs of slowing down. Not one bit. That's the thing, because he publicly said, I'm ready to play into my 40s. That would be another four years. Brady is 43, and if he's using Brady as the model, it could be much more than that. Easy. It's very easy to see. It's not hard. I'm not giving up high draft capital for a rental. I'm just not doing it. When you look at it, You'd look at the guys that that are being moved around during the draft. I mean, not during the draft, during this time period, the guys that are being moved around. You look at Yannick and Gakwe. I love hearing you say well that. Well done. Nothing. You got, you got nothing for him. Here you go. Here's a body. You look at uh, Carlos uh, uh, Dunlap. 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 Almost call it Carlos Dansby. Carlos Dunlap. Nothing. It, 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 so. That's what you get. You get the reason Gilmore couldn't move from the New England Patriots is because the New England Patriots said, we need a first round pick. We need a first round pick. Everybody's like, no, we'll give you a, we'll give you a third because <laughs> his deal is up in one year. But Key, you don't make any moves? Zero moves you're saying right now with the way our personnel is defined and structured, we think we have a shot what at winning the Super What am I getting? Bowl. I'm not just taking players to be taken. Give me will. something if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Give I'm me not, something. I'm not taking players just to be taking them. If it's a first, if you're telling me I can have Julio Jones, I'll give you a second round pick. I might give you two. I might give you two twos. But that's a different animal. 
Fair enough. We should mention more Pats talk coming up at 640 with our Pats Insider. There's a lot to get into, including the moves they didn't make, the moves they could have made, some comments from Bill Belichick, and where they stand as a 2-5 and five football team. Keyshawn J. Wills, you've been presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. On the way is the Jets' biggest issue, actually, their biggest asset. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Jets are broken, so I'm not sure how you fix something that's broken halfway through the season. you got to get that baby in the shop right away and plan for next year. That was Jets general manager Joe Douglas essentially stating the obvious. We just talked about the Cowboys. They're going to play the only team in the NFL without a loss, and now you essentially get a spot where the Jets are the only team in the league without a win. So that's essentially what the deal is on Adam Gase, not really putting it on him. They do need to make some sort of... Of changes, but with every organization, it all starts and ends at the quarterback position. He has said it every single day since we've been on the air. If you don't have one, you don't got a chance, and backups are backups for a reason. I'll mention all of this to say Sam Darnold was the third overall pick in his NFL draft. Here is Douglas squashing the speculation that Gang Green might be ready to move on from Sam Darnold. I think Sam is the quarterback of the future, so I'm not going to put that on the next eight games. I think I think our whole everything in the next eight games is going to be on progress. Progress from our young guys, progress from our veteran guys, progress from everybody. You know, we just we just need to do we need to do everything better. We need to do simple better. So um, that that's the focus over the next eight games. <laughs> Simply put, they haven't been better. By the way, that was on the Michael K show, which you can hear. Every weekday afternoon, as Key loves to tell me, at 255 on 98.7 in New York. Simply put, you are a Jets legend, so let's run through this because uh, these three guys right now, we're not going to be joining you in Jet Legendary, <laughs> but we got to run through what is now, what is current. Whose fault is this? Are they culpable? Will they get the hook eventually? We'll get to Darnold in a second. You heard what Do- Joe Douglas, the general manager, said. Let's just start at the top right now with regards to everything with Adam Gase. Adam Gase, culpable? Yes, no. Should he go? Yes, no. What do Bingo. you think? Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, they should have shipped him off a long time ago. 
All right. That's easy enough, Jay. Yes. It's been a disaster for Adam Gase. Now we should mention Joe Douglas. Remember, Joe Douglas reports to Christopher Johnson, who is the team's controlling owner at this at this juncture. Woody Johnson is now the United States ambassador to the United Kingdom. He was the day-to-day controlling owner before President Trump mm-hmm. gave him that appointment. So right now, everything flows to the top of the org chart. It's Christopher Johnson right beneath him. Is general manager Joe Douglas, who has been on the job for one and a half years, did not draft Sam Darnold. That's an important distinction to make. Joe Douglas, yes, no. Part of the problem, part of the solution. He's part of the solution. There's no question about it. He is certainly part of the solution. He's a part of the solution and a little bit part of the problem if he keeps doubling down on Adam Gase. If he does this, I'm going to start to question that as well. That's fair put. We should also mention that Joe Douglas was in pro personnel for the Eagles. That's essentially how he got this job, and his drafting has been pretty good. So the one thing that he could hang his hat on I can draft for Kelly Green. No, I need to do it for Gang Green. He's been able to do it. You heard what he thought about Sam Darnold. I mean, this is obviously the quarterback position. It's the most important one. Darnold, part of the solution, yes or no? Part of the solution, for sure. Certainly part of the solution. I I don't even know why people don't see that there's nothing. He's not playing. I I don't know how many times I got to say it. Who does he have? What is he playing with? Look at his coach. Look, Look at his coach. You want him coaching you? No. Okay. Uh, he is part of the problem and he will be, you know, sometimes in life it happens this way, Zubin, where regardless of whether you have a poor coach, regardless of whether you have poor ownership, by default, if an opportunity comes up for you to exponentially get better, if you do finish the season zero and 16, I do not see how you will be able to pass on Trevor Lawrence. I don't. I think in this market, in New York City, the amount of pressure from people that will be talking about Trevor Lawrence as a generational-type quarterback. Now, I know you can say, hey, let's use him as Trey Baitless, surround him with the right people. But still, the amount of pressure for us, we, we look at quarterbacks in teams by saying, you are the face of the franchise. So you're telling me a guy who might be one of the best players, one of the best pro prospects we've seen come out of college. I know Key hates this comparison. Since Andrew Luck, that's what I heard experts say. We're going to take that kind of potential and then say, but we're going to double down on Sam Darnold. If it doesn't work out with Sam Darnold, you will forever be crucified that you pass on Trevor Lawrence if he goes to another team and then excels the way we're seeing Joe Burrow excel this year with the Bengals. And I'm willing to take that chance. Okay. I'm willing to take that chance if I'm Joe Douglas because every single year there's a generational player. That's not true, Key. Every single year. Somebody is a generational player. You can't miss prospect. I've watched it. I've been around it. I've seen it. There's a lot more due diligence that has to go into whether or not Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and anybody else in this year's draft is capable of carrying that mantle. I'm not going to get into what Trevor Lawrence is. If they believe that he's that guy, then they'll draft him. Clearly, Joe Douglas doesn't believe that, or else he wouldn't have said that. I disagree and, with that. Well, I'm just I, I think Joe Douglas has to say that. No, he right doesn't. Now. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't have to say that, Jay. He can well, simply say, he can simply say, we haven't arrived to that decision yet. We're still no, working would, on it with the next eight games to go on what we're doing moving forward. Why would you say Because you, you gotta be you can be real. You don't have to sit there and say, no. somebody is your future. Somebody is he didn't say. We're still evaluating Sam. Sam has some rough growing pains. He didn't say it. He said he is our future. Keyshawn, we're in New York City. We, if you, if you, I, I if played you were, in New York and I, I played for the Jets, I, so I, I know looked, what I, the New York City media I, is I'm about. Not saying, I'm not saying that your experiences don't lend to this. I've lived here my whole life as well. I'm just trying to tell you, if you're Joe Douglas and you're sitting up there 
And if you're saying that, hey, we're still evaluating, then you add fuel to the fire of the rumors about all this stuff happening. This is a classic case now, of but you if diffusing you, situations but and saying— Jay Will, if you sit up there and say somebody is your future— and then you move on from him, you look like a damn liar. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't, because then what, what happens is, hey, he's our future. And then if you say that and you continue to lose, by the way, he set himself up perfectly. He's our future, and we're going to continue to assess his team on how we progress moving forward. If he doesn't progress, then you let him go, and you take a rebuilding approach if you're able to get a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields, whoever you determine Sa- to be Sa- number one pick Sam in the draft. Sam Darnold was the third pick of the draft three years ago. Mm-hmm. He has no players around him. His best offensive weapon is now playing for the Carolina Panthers and Robbie Anderson. He has no players around him. He has a head coach that was fired from Miami and hired by the New York Jets. Old Brash, for what reason? And you're going to tell me that Sam Darnold is not capable of getting things done in New York when he get pieces around him. I'm not saying that he's not capable. I'm just I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying he may not be capable with the position that the Jets will be in. So essentially what you're saying with your argument key is if either the Jets, the Giants or the Miami Dolphins, if it came down to this hypothetically, listen to me. If they got the number 1 pick, you're not letting go of any of those quarterbacks for the likes of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. What, why would, would I? Okay. Why am I? I just drafted Tua. Okay. What the hell am I? I waited for Tua to be there at five. Why would I move Tua? Okay. What am I moving Tua for? That's crazy. That would be, that's insane for somebody to think that one of those two quarterbacks a year later, this is not Josh Rosen versus Kyler Murray. I think people are getting it twisted. Kyler Murray was selected as the number one overall pick because Cl- Cliff Kingsbury was hired. If Cliff Kingsbury was not Arizona's coach, Kyler Murray wouldn't be in Arizona. I think that's where people are missing this at. They keep thinking because one thing happened with Arizona that now this is the new trend in the National Damn Football League. Stop! Because it's not. Okay. Fair enough. Obviously, Kingsbury and Murray have their relationship going back to the Big 12. Yes. I'm with you on that relationship, yes. But, but what happens is people are using that to say, well, it doesn't matter because look what happened in Arizona. And then they use it. I'm well, not using that. Well, I didn't say you, Jason. I didn't I say you. I love when you call me my full government name. Because you're cutting me, like me off and it's rude. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what I would say is. Then they use the argument that Dalbo Sweeney may come too. Oh, you can package Dalbo Sweeney up with Trevor Lawrence. Like, just stop. Stop it. Sam Darnold's not going anywhere. What they're going to do with that number one overall pick is they're going to move it for somebody else. And if somebody else wants him, like the New England Patriots, for instance, take him. Give us your next 10 drafts, number one picks. If you believe that he's the next guy, then take him. All right, we won't be talking about Joe Douglas that much longer in New York City than if that happens. I'm just okay. All right. Okay, Joe Douglas said it. I'm just going to point it out. Mel Kiper Jr. came on and said that either one of those quarterbacks or the number one guys, but Sam Darnold is a star waiting to happen. Basically, Archie Manning said he's, they got their quarterback. I said they got their quarterback. Joe Douglas said they got their quarterback. Stop. Last I'm thing. trying to set this New York narrative, man. So because you, Archie Manning, and Joe Douglas say it, that means it's Oh, that's right. That's right. Greg McElroy said he has a great family. Move on. <laughs> or he's a family. What was it? He's a family he's guy. He's a family guy. Family guy. He's a family guy. He's a family guy. So Tom Brady won how many <laughs> oh. Super Bowls before he had a family? 
<laughs> I'm just. <laughs> By the way, I'm bookended this morning with family men. Yeah, a proud father, and Jay's about to be a father of two. Joe Douglas just needs to keep. In I mind. did pretty well in my career, and I don't think I was a family man in the beginning. I'm just saying. Ah, <laughs> uh, to be young, athletic, and in New York, uh, we'll get to that some other time. That's not to be on a late night show, yeah, not a late morning show. The rated R version. I think, I, I think Derek Jeter did just fine in New York. Hey, two words: gift baskets. <laughs> yes, it worked out well for PJ. <laughs> Yes, let me just autograph Sign this baseballs. <laughs> and Jeter now, by the way, is a family man for those of you. And He's car now service, got yeah. Uh, two kids. Get past right. his car services. All right, we're going a little too overboard. Remember for Douglas. You go no, back we're on not. Your we're telling the truth. <laughs> you go back on your word to Douglas, you better watch out with those New York Post back page headlines. We will uh, That's see. all I'm saying. That's all I was saying when you go back. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including our Pats expert, who's going to be here in 30 seconds, join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And this is so apropos because after this long discussion about the Jets, who do they have next? They got the Pats on Monday Night Football. Let's talk a little New England. That was our guy Key yesterday on the show essentially saying, hey, when you're the GOAT, you can make a lot of problems disappear. And for more on what's going on with New England... We head to the Shell Pennzoil performance line to bring in Mike Reese. He is our ESPN Pats reporter. He's covered the team for decades and is with them every day of the year. All right, Mike, we're not quite at the midway point because they've played seven games, but you get the deal. Halfway through, first year without Brady, first year with Cam, not much at the deadline. What's the feeling in and around the organization this morning? Well, let's start with this. I mean, going off of Key's comments about not having Brady and that showing up, Here's the statistic that stands out. They've been in three games in the fourth quarter when they've been down by less than a score with a chance to win, and they're 0-3 mm. in those games this year, 2-5 and overall. You put Tom Brady on this team, I guess I would ask you guys mm. the question, do you think they're 0-3? I mean, what was Tom Brady you know, known for uh, in, in, in his tenure here in New England, the ability to bring him back? in the fourth quarter. So to me, Zubin, you asked, like, what's the feeling? Like, they're going to keep trying to claw forward, win the next game, and see where it takes them. But that aspect clearly is what's missing. Hey, Mike, can I say this real quick? That's what I've been saying to Key. When I watch Aaron Rodgers and when I watch Tom Brady, they make marginal players look great. When I watch Cam Newton, I don't see him do that same thing. And that stat just backs that up, Key. Mike, this is a different team. Overall, and you've been covering the Patriots for a number of years. This is a totally different team than the past teams that Tom Brady has had. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, or into the next games. They, they, they Julian Edelman's not even playing. Tom Brady would have the luxury of having a Julian Edelman type. Tom Brady can't do wonders with this. Nobody. I said it. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. I could take Tom Brady, Mike Grease. Uh, 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 Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, Cam Newton with a sprinkle of Michael Jordan on top and drop him at the quarterback spot in New England right now, and you will get what you've been getting. That is exactly yeah. – they don't have anything. Don't say yeah, Mike. Don't agree with Mike, that. Mike's <laughs> not agree. say yeah. Mike's not I'm agreeing. Mike is, smart enough, Mike is smart enough to know what he's looking at. I'm not talking to him he... in anything. <laughs> Yeah, well, the weapons clearly, I mean, are are not up to par in New England. I think the one thing I would say, Key, is that 
Tom Brady has done more with less. I mean, I would go back to seasons where his leading receiver was the late Rishay Caldwell, who mm-hmm. might have been a number four you know, on any team that year. And I've seen him elevate them up. And, and it brings me to Cam. And I think Cam is trying to find himself in this system, right? And I think there were some positive signs, actually, Sunday in Western New York. They almost win that game. And then the devastating fumble at the end sort of overshadowed yeah. a lot of the good things he did. So I, I, I do believe, Key, that they still have some hope here in New England with Cam, but their margin for error has thin so much. So let me ask you this. How how – what do you think about Jared Stidham? Will we see him before the end of the year? Or, or are they pretty much done evaluating him? They're not done evaluating him, Key, but I would say this. Uh, last year he was the, the number two, you know, clear cut behind Brady. You know, that's one snap away from leading the team. This year he started as the three. He's the number two now. And he's got four interceptions in his first 20 pass attempts in the NFL. So I believe, you know, he's regressed a little bit from what they saw last year when he had had such a good preseason. So I would actually make the point there's probably more questions now about Stidham in the Patriots' eyes than maybe there were last year when they didn't have as much information at the time. Mike Grease, ESPN Patriots reporter, joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Mike, every time I hear Bill Belichick talk, it's always uh, he's very you know, two-word answers, very quick, done. Now I hear him be transparent and talk about we're hamstrung with cap issues. What do you make of that? Okay, well, that was really interesting because it was out of character for Bill Belichick uh, to talk to Sirius XM NFL radio and basically say we sold, you know, they had sold out for five years and that they're paying the price. And I think what he's saying is, look, we got – about $26 million worth of dead space on our cap for Tom Brady, for Antonio Brown, and some others. And basically, that bill has come due. And I think he's just trying to make the point, like when you're judging what's happening with this team, just take into that context in the conversation, if you will, just to know, like, this is a a moving target, and they're sort of readjusting some things. Some people say, it sounds like he's making excuses. He says, I'm just giving you the facts. Mike, what, is, what has been the reaction in the locker room around the way the Patriots have been playing and them in the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are performing with Tom Brady? Well, Key, I think the first thing is to point out they had like a two-week interruption, and I think that's the first reaction here in New England. Like they want a fair chance to, to, to try to match up to this conversation of if you're going to match up Tom Brady and the Bucks versus Bill Belichick and the Patriots, like, you want a fair fight. And when they had those positive COVID tests, they were really only able to practice once or twice over a two-week span. And they really feel like that hurt them. Now, Key, they feel like they've developed a little bit of a rhythm in practice and that they're starting to play better football. So really the reaction is, give us a little more time to show you what we can be with regular practice time. When I look at it now, and I was telling the guys here, Mike, as I watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right, and I watched them the other night against New England, and I, I mean against uh, the Giants, and, and I watched Buffalo, New England, and I obviously saw that mess. Is it, <laughs> is it like the Tom Brady-Tampa experience being elevated because of the Bill Belichick-Cam Newton experience kind of being somewhat dis- dysfunctional to a degree? I don't know about that. I mean, I think the the disparity is 
is shocking, Key. I mean, when you think about it, the Patriots are 2-5. and five. The last time they were 2-5 and five was the year 2000 when Tom Brady was a rookie. I mean, this doesn't happen before. The last time, uh, you know, they were this far back in the AFC East, I mean, I think it was around the same year, you know, 2000. So I think that's the part. It's not necessarily just what Tom is doing in Tampa, which is impressive. It's that it has fallen deep here in New England, which you're just not used to seeing. Indeed. And one other thing we should mention that the Pats haven't dealt with in a long time is being sellers at the deadline. The deadline passed in the NFL yesterday at 4 p.m. Eastern. But again, the Pats are on the other side looking to acquire, looking to bolster, not to be selling. But again, going to Mike's rhythm there, they are experiencing things in this organization they haven't in two decades. Mike, we'll see you. Your work on ESPN.com will see you on SportsCenter as they get ready for Monday Night Football against the Jets, the absolute antidote for any struggling team. Thank you, Mike. If I put you in with that quarterback, Thanks, though, Mike, Jeff. you got to throw me the damn ball. <laughs> I just love being in the discussion, Keith. Thanks for putting me in there. I thought I'd be the kicker. <laughs> no, that would be me. I'd be the punter. So Reese and I on special teams would be unbelievable. want to throw this out on the Dr. Pepper call-in line or on the Twitter feed because the Pats are playing the Jets. We talked about this earlier this morning. Who is part of the Jets solution? Who's part of the problem? Now, if we asked you just the latter part, we could talk about that till 10 a.m. Eastern until we're done. Keep We got to have something more definitive. Who's part of the solution? Who's part of the problem? The obvious choice is the quarterback, Sam Darnold, the head coach, Adam Gase, embattled head coach, or the general manager, Joe Douglas, pick one, pick two. Try to figure it out. Who do they need to keep? Who do they need to move on for? At 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I looked at the numbers key. We got a lot of listeners in the New York area in the first hour of our program. So if you're hot on it and you're a Jet fan, hit us up. Or if you're a Jet fan or any NFL fan, what do you think? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, key J and Z. Key, you've made it clear. Sam Darnold, certainly part of the solution. Adam Gase, certainly not. And for somebody like Joe Douglas, he's a year and a half into the job. It's a waiting pattern. But he, the latter, might have the most important role of all, to be honest with you, getting Darnold talent. And he will. And I think he will, man. I think when you look at it, Mims, the kid out of Baylor, he's gotten healthy a couple weeks ago. He's in the fold now. They need to obviously get a running back. They need to shore up the offensive line. We're still waiting for Beckton to get into shape and become that big mammoth of a tackle that he was coming out of Louisville. So when you start to look at some of the pieces, moving Jamal Adams, moving Lawrence, getting rid of Avery Wilson, I mean Williams. So when you start to look at it, he's shaping this football team to be successful. Who's got the best backup in the league now that Dalton is out? He said that answer is super easy. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides.
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.